I'm Jay O'Day, and this is my show, Is Anything Sacred Anymore?, where I talk to the people around me about the things that are most important to them. Hi, Andrew. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you. So, well, we're going to get right into it. Tell me, who are you? Uh, <clears throat> well, so, someone else clears throat. Uh, I'm Andrew Stevens. Uh, I guess I'm a, a transplant to, to Utah, to Orem. Uh, grew up outside of it. Uh, I am a writer by profession, if not by tr- training and education, okay. uh, technical writing. Mm-hmm. So I'm a husband and a father. And yeah, that's that's kind of, that is the... The bulk of my life right now okay. is my family. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So tell me more about what you do. Uh, I write in the uh, medical industry, medical device and pharmaceuticals, regulatory compliance. It's uh, pretty pretty dry. I switched over from, from medical devices recently to pharmaceuticals and doing, uh, we write the protocols that drug companies used to do their studies okay yeah right on very cool tell me about your history with organized religion um i grew up lds um my come from you know a pioneer line of mm-hmm. of mormons my dad grew up here in utah a little further north from here my mother was a convert grew up in minnesota <clears throat> and i grew up in washington where they where they lived so uh, you know, church every week and dad in callings, bishop, that kind of stuff. And, um, and then as for myself, went, went on a mission, went to BYU, um, married in the temple and, um, try and do what I can for my, you know, obligations for serving callings in my ward and, and everything. And, um, maybe not the the best at it, but but I still consider myself uh, very much an active member of the church. Right on. Okay, so tell me more about where you place yourself in the church, like like in your tradition. Um, I don't. I, pretty uh, orthodox, pretty conservative. Okay. In in in, in that. Um, yeah. All right. So tell me, what are the things that you want to believe? Want to believe but don't believe? or uh, No, <laughs> both, right? Like the yeah. things that you, like, you feel like, oh, yeah, I want that to be true. Um, I, I find the Latter-day Saint um, theology on, you know, on families and on, I guess, theosis to okay. be to be pretty compelling and, yeah. and interesting and uh, different and desirable. Yeah, I won't. I... Tell me more about that. Like, what specific beliefs? Um, well, rather than maybe other traditional Christian views, where you know you live a good life and you go live with God for the rest of eternity, and mm-hmm. um, the the eternal progression aspect. The um, 
inheriting what God has and becoming like God in okay. l- a literal sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really interesting and um, satisfying to me. Okay. Right on. So what are the things you have no choice but to believe? The things that have to be true? Oh, uh, I mean, I think God is... is the big one okay that, that god exists and created us and loves us and that's that's what we're doing here okay tell me more about god like, like what's god like for you um i i bounce around on that one a lot i think i think that god is you know all of the all of the all words that we think of okay um you know the omniscient, omnipotent. Um, I think the the father aspect is important to me. The parent aspect. Um, I I think I one place that is interesting to me and challenging is the the level of concern based on the snapshot of time. Right. Okay. Like what if, does that mean? If our mortality, our mortal existence, is you know, it's finite. Sure. Um, and to an infinite being, it's less than a blink of an eye. Sure. So when we have like the struggles, right, um, that God can still care about you and your struggles, but ultimately, you know, how much does that, how much does that matter? Right? Okay. He's like, okay, get over it. You'll, you'll be up here with me soon. Right. Okay. So that's kind of, that's one thing I, I, I wonder about. Okay. Um, and and I think as a parent, I can I can understand that a little bit more now. Where it's, you know, with with the small things with your toddler when uh, she tubs, stubs her toe and it's the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it's not the end of the world, you know. Okay. Yeah. Have some perspective, right? Okay. But you're little, you don't have perspective. No. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And there's that kind of like, like like that balance of um, of caring about their immediate experience but also keeping in perspective of their wider the wider plan right yeah wider experience exactly and like yeah it's it's necessary to learn from from some of our mistakes right or else we we don't learn them if we don't go through them yeah yeah okay um and and you said it like it's a challenge and is it in the sense of like how much can god care about this experience that feels so important right now yeah yeah, I think so. Okay. What do you do when you have that when that concern? Like, like what's the next step? I think, I think that's where um, Jesus Christ and His role is so important um, in in Latter Day Saint scripture in the Book of Mormon in particular. Um, the emphasis on. Um, I'm terrible at remembering where things are. I can't remember what book, but you know, that, that, you know, Jesus experienced as part of the atonement, everything that we go through, right? All the, all the trials and pains. And I think having that, um, that connection and having Jesus act as the intermediary, um, I think that's where the, the help that understanding and compassion comes in and, and, and that's how God shows his compassion, right? Okay. Through through Jesus Christ. So, Okay, yeah. So uh, I'm just trying to make sure that I'm yeah. getting this right. So, um, like, the, it is hard for us 
to imagine a God, an infinite God that can actually care about our very, very finite concerns. Yeah. And the way that you, um, the, the way that you, God um, gives you the gift of certainty of, of any kind that he cares is through his, his son, that Jesus represents like the, the, a knowable way to us that God can care. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Right on. What are your sacred texts? Um, my absolute favorite is the New Testament of the okay. Bible. Why? Because um, that's, I mean, that's the that's the main Jesus text, okay. right? Yeah. Um, that's, and and as we're just kind of, as you put put well, you know, that's kind of <clears throat> the the relatable frame okay. of God is, is the life of Jesus. And so that has, you know, the stories of his life, um, his ministry and his, his teachings. And so I love, you know, the gospel of John in particular. Okay. Um, but all the gospels are great. And, okay. Uh, yeah. Some of the epistles are, are a little less interesting, but some are very good. Sure. And so, so that's the big one. Uh, other sacred texts would be the the standard Latter Day Saint standard works. You know, Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants, Pearl of Great Price, um, Modern Revelation, and, and you know, conference addresses and things like that. Okay, right on. What are the things you have no choice but to love? Nature. Tell me more about that. Uh, I love, I love the outdoors. I love. And that, and that doesn't even have to be wild for me. I just love sitting in my yard underneath a tree, right? Okay. Just, yeah. Um, just the complexity of it and the beauty of it. Seeing the little animals running around. Yeah. The bugs watching the the bees buzz around my flowers and make honey. Like it's just amazing and beautiful. Okay. Right on. I so I I've I've had similar feelings, right? And. Um, and there's two ways that that's been expressed in my life at different stages of my life. And one of them was like, this is a thing that I love for itself in this moment. Mm-hmm. And then the other way of experiencing it has been, this is a thing that is also a symbol for um, the love of God, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that at times those things I have a hard time. I had a hard time making those things happen at once, mm-hmm. right? To be, say, this is beautiful and worthy in itself, and this is like an evidence, a symbol, yeah, for the love of God. And I was curious about your own experience with that and how that expresses. Um, yeah, I, I, I think maybe it's a similar phenomenon for me. Um, I think where the two line up the most probably is with my kids okay. and, and watching them um, and just appreciating the I don't know the the beauty of childhood and of you know infants and yeah <laughs> and just, you know just the the way they experience things and um, and kind of my 
connection to their world and link in, in their chain, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. What do you feel commanded by your beliefs to do or compelled? Hmm. I think the, the big one right now is family. I think, um, having having kids and raising them the right way yeah teaching them the teaching them the right things and that you know um what does that mean sorry yeah no that's that's kind of where i was going like with uh you know the gospel in particular and um trying to convey to them the the love that god has for them and also maybe some of the obligations that come with knowing that yeah um what their obligations to God are and what their obligations to themselves, to, to their family, to their community. I mean, my kids are still young, so sure, yeah. but you know, you run out of time pretty fast thinking about it. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I hear this word that you're saying over and over again, obligation, and it seems important. Tell me more about that. Um, I guess not not quite sure how to how to talk about that. Uh, you know, there's <laughs> I'm kind of stuck on that one. Oh, let me say more about what I mean. Okay. Right. So we like I think that in the wider culture that we live in, there is often a, a sense of discomfort with the idea of obligation, right? That um, the idea that I owe something, yeah. right? Um, and, and so when I hear someone using that idea as, as clearly a positive, right? My ears perk up. I'm like, oh, what are they experiencing differently than what I'm seeing around me? Yeah. yeah. So does that help kind of clarify what I mean? I, th- I think so. Yeah. Um, when I think of obligation, uh, I think there's, you know, the, the broader, you know, theological, religious kind of obligation that we, we think of with, you know, what are our obligations to God, our creator, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, you know what the scriptures say are mm-hmm. you know the commandments right those are sure. kind of our obligations i think i've been thinking about lately a lot kind of obligations to um you know to our ancestors ooh tell me more about that um well i th- i think about you know every generation tries to tries to do things to make things better for their children and yeah. for for those that come after and i don't think they do so casually i know i don't i'm not doing that casually with my kids um, and so I think there is some kind of obligation to honor what our ancestors have laid out for us. Okay. Right? If it's a broader, like really general, like civilization wise, but even like I think about my ancestors who, you know, converted to Mormonism. Sure. You know, a century and a half ago. Like, you know, that was a deeply important thing to them. Uh, a deeply and a very real thing to them and meaningful and they pass that on and 
it's, you know, I don't want to casually disregard that, okay. right? I yeah. want to honor that. And I think, I think that is kind of an obligation to at least give them, give them a fair shake okay. um, from the past and, and hope that, you know, the things that I do that my great-great-grandchildren will give me a fair shake on, the things that I tried to set up for them and the beliefs that I passed to them via my own children, right? Okay. So, so I do think, I, I think, and that's, it seems kind of unfair, you know, that's, okay. that is like society-wise, and, <laughs> and even on an individual sense, like to be bound by your ancestors sure. is kind of unfair. Um, but I don't know if, I don't know if I care too much that it's okay. unfair. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let, let me restate again what I'm hearing. Um, what I'm hearing you is saying that like, one of the things you feel obliged to or obligated to do is to give your ancestors a hope for continuity, a fair shake. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I like that. I like that. Thank you. Um, okay, moving to the next part. Okay. What, what's hard for you about living in your community as the kind of believer that you are? Um... There's, there's lots of things. So, you know, growing, I grew up outside of Utah, mm -hmm. you know, outside of the, the Pioneer Corridor yeah. in, in the Mountain West, uh, Western Washington. Um, but there's still a lot of Latter-day Saints there. Sure. I had a lot of friends who were members of the church. Our school had, you know, a seminary building near the, the high school, which was okay. somewhat rare up there, but very common around here. Sure. Um, and so, you know, you, you know, the, the Mormon kids were, were somewhat insular, mm -hmm. but, the, but there was enough people around that you, you could be and still have a, you know, socialize and, and have a community. Yeah. And, I, and I think also it, you know, people get stress tested a little bit more, um, you know, outside of when, when they're the minority of their faith. What does that mean? Faith. So just, you know, your commitment to your beliefs, your commitment to that community mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of, you either need to be committed or you end up just, you know, doing something else. Okay. So, uh, whereas in Utah, it's a little, it's, it's different in Orem where, you know, my ward is like two square blocks. It's okay. Just, sure. Instead of an entire town or part of a town. Right. Where, yeah. Where my wife grew up, whereas, you know, part of one state and into another state, okay. is, you know, yeah. big, big, uh, big areas. And so the, being the dominant culture, it in a lot of ways is treated more casually. Sure, um, and it is more of a a social thing rather than a, a theological thing. Okay, um, so there's a lot of that involved. Uh, so that's one of the, one of the challenges is um, there's not as much, I guess, social pressure to be devout. Okay, um, that's interesting to me. Like that idea that. Um, that in a community where there were fewer of you, um, you felt a more intense pressure. He said, "to to be um, to be faithful yeah. and and devout um, and orthodox." Mm -hmm. And now that you're here, where you're surrounded by far more people who belong to your church, that you feel less of that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think so. And like. And I, and I don't know how much of it is the, the separation of time versus, you know, actual attitudes, but, you know, thinking 
like with missions, for example, okay. where I grew up in my, my state, most of the young men went on a mission okay. uh, after high school or, you know, a year after high school. Whereas the young men around that live around me now, it's, they're the min- it's the minority in the, in the ward who go on a mission. So it's, it's, it's a, uh, just a strange difference, but I don't know if that's a difference of 20 years okay. or if it's a difference of location, right? Sure. So, yeah. Um, I, I think I find that to be really interesting. Just that, um, the idea that like it, it clearly like, like, like the varying levels of, of commitment mm-hmm. between your experience when you were in Washington and your experience here, like it bothers you. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of proof that there are trade offs in in living. You know, living around people that share your beliefs and and wanting to separate that. Like thinking of, you know, my pioneer ancestors. Like when they were in, you know, Nauvoo, they were kind of isolated and surrounded, and so they had to cling to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they come west, they are the they are the civilization of their world, right? And so yeah. they expand, but then they don't need to cling to each other in the same way. And okay. you know, as time has gone on, I think that kind of bears out. So it's you can never really get what you want, I don't think. I, as far as <laughs> I hear you, I hear you. I think that's interesting. I, I also think that like any um, organization that that seeks an enclave, right? Um, like they're doing that with the assumption, usually, that they're going to be safer, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, spiritually as well as physically yeah. that um, that their separation from outside influences will make it easier to be um, to be committed. And you're describing the opposite phenomenon. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess it's just the the size of the enclave. Yeah. matters i guess okay and, and the connection to the outside world it's easier i think it yeah i don't i don't know no oh, i like that thank you um what do you need from your neighbors what are the things that you, you have to have to be okay in your community um i i need uh neighbors that will wave and say hi okay when you drive by or walk by and that's i think it's definitely a regional thing like you know i think it's a certainly in the west western u.s that's the thing yeah. i'm guessing midwest maybe a little, a little bit like that too okay. there's some parts of the country i know that think you're a weirdo if you say hi but i very much grew up in a place yeah. where people or i thought people were weird when they said hi <laughs> like when i came out here for the first time and everyone was so friendly it was so bizarre yeah i i love it and i i don't think i could handle living somewhere where that wasn't the case yeah. i think i feel that way now yeah so i get that all right, my last question. Okay. How do we live together as people who have such different ways of seeing the world? I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I think I think you and I are doing pretty well right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think um, I think humor is a, a big part of that. Say more about that. Um, no, if if you can. If you can laugh at yourself and accept that people are going to laugh at you too, and then you can do that back to them and everyone can can lighten up a little bit. Okay. 
So, so a little less self-seriousness. I think so, yeah. All right, what else? What are other things we need in order to live together? I think, I think it's important to have spaces that are exclusive. Okay, say more about that. Um, I think, um, and, and you know, I guess it comes to the enclave idea. Yeah. But, if, if, but on, on a smaller scale even, like if people want to have something that's just for them for for this reason or that reason, like whatever subgroup that that, that represents, you yeah. know, that they be allowed and respected to have that. Okay. Um, because if they don't, that's when they want to take over all of society. Okay. Right? Yeah. So. Make everything their enclave. Yeah. Okay. I hear you. Thank you so much for coming to the show. Hey. I This has been a fascinating conversation. It was my pleasure. And uh, I look forward to talking, talking with you again off the air. But thank you. Thanks. Is Anything Sacred Anymore is hosted and produced by Jay O'Day. Music by The Bargain Basement Butterflies. To hear more, go to thebargainbasementbutterflies.bandcamp.com. Thank you for listening.